0: Thank you so much for joining in to today's podcast from Caleb Perkins Ministry. We pray that today's podcast will be uplifting and encouraging in your walk with the Lord. Now here's today's podcast. What's going on, everyone? Uh, Super excited for today's episode. I pray that you all are excited as well. Uh, Today, I want to get into and discuss the difference between educational learning and Christian learning. and you might be listening to this and saying, well, Caleb, that's one and the same. And that's the reason why we have this episode, (laughs) because uh, there are some differences uh, from a biblical perspective and point of view that is very much different than the current educational learning system model. And I want to kind of dive into this and pull some things out. And if you've been listening to these podcasts for any moment of time, I definitely want you to, you know, go through the scriptures, go through the verses that we go over and cover today. Also, from the perspective and the aspect of us growing as disciples in the body of Christ, what that looks like and how we can apply that to our lives today. So, not to try to give you too much right off the bat there, but when we talk about educational learning and we talk about Christian learning, those are two separate different things, right, all together, because educational learning in in America, if you're listening to this from another country, they might have an educational system that is different. But for the most part that I have uh, witnessed through my travels is that educational learning is very much similar in its process and its results and outcomes across the board. So what they try to do in the educational system is they try to give you information, right? You have a teacher or an instructor or... A you know some uh, an elder or a peer or whatever, and they try to give you information, and then they want you to regurgitate right, give back that information, to receive a grade, and then you will move on. Now, if you think about uh, how we do our educational system here in America, you know you can be sitting in a class, and you could be not paying attention to that class the entire time throughout the series of the class, and then once you receive the test. You can accomplish that test, or you can, you know, you can get, especially if it's a Scantron, right? Multiple choice or multiple guess, however you want to look at it. You can guess those things, but that does not necessarily mean that you have actually retained that information, right? Now, how it is different in the in Christian learning is is that Christian learning is transformational. It is not informational, right? Educational learning is more informational. They want you to receive information. Where Christian learning is more about transformation. It's about where you were and the transformation that has happened in your life and where you go. And this is why the process is is so vital, right? People will say, well, okay, you know, if you get a young person in and they get saved and things like that, they'll try to push them or encourage them to go to seminary, which is, a educational learning system to try and teach them Christian learning. However, that will not happen because it is transformational. It's not just merely informational. Someone can read the entire Bible, but without knowing God, it is of no benefit and no use to them because they can, they know scriptures. I met a professor once who taught at a seminary, And he did not have a relationship with Christ. He was an atheist, but he loved the Bible. He loved scripture and literature, and that is what qualified him to be able to teach and to uh, educate people, right, that were there. Okay, here is the, I guess, the caveat, okay? If you're listening to this and you're like, I don't want to go to seminary. If God tells you to go, absolutely go. If he doesn't tell you to go, don't go. That's the whole point, right? Be led by the Holy Spirit. Romans eight fourteen. those that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we want to make sure that we are being led by the Spirit and that we understand that the transformation that needs to happen or occur in our lives is vital for our Christian learning and development. Now here's the issue. The issue is, how do we go from an old system that we are so used to To going into a new system that is very foreign to us. The only way you can do that is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what brings transformation to the life of the believer, okay? So, you know, putting this in, you know, the terms, okay, you go to school, right, for 12 to 15 years of your life, and you have been taught, here's information, now regurgitate it back to me, now take the test, This is the grade you got for the class. Move on. And then they end up, you know, pushing you through and you receive a degree. And a lot of people try to actually set up uh, the church just like the educational learning system. So you might sit underneath a pastor or whatever that looks like, and then it's like, well, you come and you sit in underneath this church, regurgitate the information back to me, you'll receive the grade in the greatest heaven. Uh, you know, and and that's just not the case. That is not the case. The the point of us coming together in the body of Christ and going to church is that we are being built up. We are strengthening one another. We are not forsaking the assembly of ourselves, and we are building one another up. And when we build one another up, and you think of it more as a uh, like a military unit, right, instead of a college, right? A college is like everybody's out there for themselves. I've been to both college and I've been in the army, so I, I can take both systems. And the kingdom of heaven is more like a, a military, a military unit, right? All of us working together to accomplish a goal and to uh, accomplish a task than a university where we're all just learning and trying to receive a grade to the end, okay? But we have been so conditioned in the educational side to say, okay, this is, this is actually what it looks like, when in fact it's not so you could have someone who's well versed in scripture and they may have been in a church for a variety of years but they do not know god so the 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 whole qualifying factor in having and being a believer one is the transformation that happens in your life right you knowing god as you know god then when you read the scriptures they are illuminated to you when you don't know god and you are absent from Him, then the scriptures become very they become very muddied, right? They don't they don't become clear, and people will even come to the point of saying, "Look, there's contradictions in the scriptures." And I tell people, I'm like, if you find a place in Scripture that it seems like a contradiction, that means there is a deeper underlining meaning there, right? I tell people, well, is it you have to turn the other cheek, or is it flip tables and make whips? Yes. What? Yes. Both. Why? Being led by the Spirit. You are not always to turn the other cheek in every situation, and you're not always to be flipping tables and making whips. The error comes in when we are not being led by the Spirit. There is no transformation, and we're just trying to go off of our educational learning that we have of Scripture and not the transformation, right? Where we say, well, you know, the Bible says this, so I'm going to do that. Well, okay, that's great. However, did the Spirit lead you into that? Did the Spirit give you that application for this precise moment? Because I've known a lot of people that have taken Scripture out of context, and it has ruined their life. So we definitely want to make sure that as being believers in the body of Christ, and I'm not against the educational learning system. It does work in the world system. It does not work in uh, in the body of Christ. It does not work in the body of Christ. Why? Because you can put on a seminar— or you can put on a seminar you can put on a conference you can do whatever you want and you can have the best speakers in the world go out there and be training and educating people out there and then if you surveyed the people you would get a variety of responses why it is not based on that system it is based on the in it is based on that transformation of the holy spirit right they can hear something but how does the holy spirit apply that to what they have heard right Okay, so uh, the first verse I want to get into today is I want to read Romans chapter twelve verse verses one and two. So here in uh, Romans twelve, verse one, it says, "I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service." You know, and right right off the bat, there, you know, I'm thinking, you know, more like military unit. Why? You have signed the contract. You have now said that you are devoting your life to this service, even up to and including your own life. Okay, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I do want to point this out here in verse 2. I have heard a variety of ministers use verse 2 as saying, well, this is why you can't wear pants in church and different things like that, Uh, talking about females wearing pants in church and stuff, because they say you're not supposed to be like the world, so you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do that. That is not what this verse is talking about. This verse is talking about the renewing of your mind that you receive a transformation. The apostle Paul here is talking in Romans and he's telling them, listen, you cannot continue to think the way that you used to think. The way that you think is vital to the way that you act and you respond to various situations. Why is that important? Well, because if you continue to think only as an American, you will th- you will only act with American traditions and values and morals okay now if you say now i'm a part of a higher kingdom i'm a part of the body of christ now you will attach those values those morals those ethics and they will reflect your actions okay i tell people i was like hey we're dual citizens primarily first and foremost i am a uh, believer in the body of christ Right. That is my morals, my ethics, my values come from being a believer in the body of Christ. Secondary, I am an American citizen. So as that becomes part of my nature, my character, it I do not over I do not take my American side to override my kingdom side. My kingdom is always priority and it holds first and utmost. Does that make sense? If you're listening the, to this today, I know that people have kind of taught a more of a mixed view. Well, yes, you're both and they're both seemingly working together, and they're both equally important. That's not, that cannot be the case. Because if, you, if you're American traditional values and traditions and morals, what happens when they shift and they change? Does that change the Word of God? No. Why? Because it is eternal. This is why your citizenship as a believer in the body of Christ, and there may be a variety of people that are listening to this episode, and you are from another nation. Uh, particularly Southeast Asia or the Middle East. I have a lot of of friends and uh, ministers that are connected with me through ministry there, and you're probably listening to this. Listen, your value system cannot come from where you are geographically located. So that political system that you're a part of or not a part of, this is why when I go overseas and they still implement caste systems, they say, well, this is our culture, these are our customs. I'm like, now you're a part of the kingdom. Your kingdom, right, your kingdom transformation has to override your geographical values and customs, right? So what does this have to do with the educational system and Christian transformation? Everything, because if you apply where you are from to what you are doing, this is where the, the hindrance is that I was talking about earlier, right? How do you change something that you have done for so many years and, and you come to the conclusion that, okay, I need to do something different? That is hard. So when you were taught, come and sit down into the class, sit down here, regurgitate the information, take the test, now you're, you're good, all right, now you're a believer in the body of Christ. What are you going to do? I'm going to go to a church. I'm going to sit in the pew. I'm going to go to the Bible study. I'm going to take the test. I'm going to regurgitate it. I'm going to learn the lingo and the language, right? And they settle for religion instead of relationship because they never had a relationship in the educational system. It was always just through uh, repetition. And I'm telling you, you we, there's there's the deception in that is that we try to apply what we are familiar with into the body of Christ, and that is bad application into our lives. We must separate our own biases, our own perspectives, our own opinions from that, and we need to go according to the Word of God. Well, the Word of God here in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, says that we should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You need to be transformed. We need to be transformed. We need to have our mind changed and transformed so that we can move forward as believers in the body of Christ. Okay? So it's not so much of, of, uh, of what you know as it is who you know. It's not so much of what you know as who you know. Okay? Um, it is not what you know. It is who you know. And when you know the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what you know through them comes with application and transformation, right? So Let me say that again. It is not what you know, it is who you know. And when you know the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what you know through them comes with application and transformation. So when you understand that that relationship is, through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're eternal, right? The, the 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 God is eternal. He brings the the purpose and the application to our lives. And when we understand that we have been bought and paid for by a price, and we need to discard, right? We need to go and put away those old patterns and systems of the world that have led us up to this point. And here's the here's the difficulty. Because if you've been successful in those systems, it's harder for you to let it go. It's harder for you not to apply it to every single thing, right? So you have to have that transformation. You have to get into that place where you're like, okay, I'm seeing the benefit of the need for transformation. I've met a lot of people that would say, well, I've been saved for you know, 50 years or whatever, and they could they could quote you the Bible left, right, and center, but then when you talk to them, they don't have a devotional life, they don't pray, they don't believe that you can hear God, they don't believe that God would want to speak to them, they don't believe that God is still doing anything today. And I, I do not want to be in that perspective, because what they settled for was educational learning in, in a Christian context. They did not get Christian, authentic Christian learning through the transformation of the holy spirit. Okay, and another analogy, uh, that would be like me, um, let's let's just say Mike Tyson, okay? You might be listening to this and be like, wow, you're dating yourself, right? Mike Tyson's no longer boxing and stuff like that. But anyway, Mike Tyson, pretty famous boxer, you know, I could watch Mike Tyson knock people out all day long, right? Uh, I could look at old films. I could look at all the footage. I could see how he does his foot stance. I could see how he he throws that power jab, right? I could sit there and I could be a student of that. I could even say that I have extensive extensively studied his style. If I went to that great depth and length, right? Though I haven't. I've watched a few fights, right? So, but yet that does not make me a fighter, right? So just because you watch something does not mean anything about the transformation in your life. In the same way, uh, in the church, you might be sitting under an awesome preacher, and he or she may, may be on fire in their relationship with God, and they have the transformation in their life. That does not mean anything to you. That does not mean anything about you. Right, that means that you are sitting there observing them. It goes back to spectating and participating. Right? Honestly, it would do me better to get into the ring and fight Mike Tyson, and and it change my fighting style than it is to watch him from the ringside or from video footage. And you might say, "Man, you you'd get knocked out, Caleb." Like, you sure you want it? But you are learning something. Why? It is transforming you. It is bringing a change to your style. Now you can say that you are a fighter, especially when Mike Tyson knocks you out. You're like, yeah, I fought Mike Tyson. He knocked me out. I learned a lot, right? In the same way and manner, when you are a believer in the body of Christ, it is not about spectating. It is about participating. It is about being in relationship with God and learning, uh, and learning those things with God, right? What do you do with what you have been taught? and what degree of transformation has occurred with what you have already learned and what you've already been walking into what do we what do we do with what we have that is that that is my big thing when i go to a church and i go and preach and i minister i will i i will often ask you know the the pastors that are there or the people that are there what do we do with what we've learned right like everybody wants the next greatest and latest word. They want the greatest and latest revelation. And I'm like, but what have we already done? What have we already done? What have we already done with the information and the transformation that we have already received with the Lord? Are we doing anything with it? Like to what degree are we actually putting into application, right? I would tell people, I'm like, what do you do with the blood of Christ? What do you do with that relationship with God? right i can i can give you the seven principles and steps on you know having an effective prayer life but if you don't even you don't even pray to god it's not going to help you none you're just going to have information in your brain but you're not going to have any transformation in your heart so i pray that you guys are you know you're, you're tracking with where i'm going here because i want us to to not fall into the lie of the enemy that says settle for educational learning systems and models and that's how you become a successful Christian or believer. No, that's how you become religious, okay? That is how you become religious. You can become very successfully as, as a religious person by implementing the world's educational learning systems and models, right? You become an on-fire disciple of God when you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life to bring that transformation, and you do something with what He's already done in your life, Right? And I'm not talking, oh man, when next time I'm you know, at Walmart, I'm just going to get up on my soapbox and be like, you all need to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You're all going to die and go to hell. No, I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you, with the degree that you have already attained, walk in that. How do you do that? Well, you be led by the Holy Spirit. That may look like you in Walmart or Publix or whatever, the next time you're walking through there, grabbing groceries and items, going about your day, that the Holy Spirit would tug on your heart to go and and engage in a conversation with this individual that you would have otherwise not have even spoke to, looked at, or talked to, and the Holy Spirit is leading you into uh, ministering to them in that way. And you might sit there and be like, Caleb, I'm a long ways from that. No, 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 no. You need to always be willing and ready, like a good soldier of Jesus Christ, for him to use you. When the commander gives you an order, you execute that. When higher up sends it down, right, you want to get your team together and you want to execute that objective and that mission, okay? So I want you guys to be thinking of that in those terms that, you know, I am not living for myself. What is the tenets of the gospel? To deny myself, pick up my cross, and follow him, okay? So we want to we want to make sure that we are We are doing that. We are picking up our cross, and we are following him. All right, here in Philippians chapter 3, I find this very interesting. I'm going to start here in verse 4. This is the Apostle Paul again talking. He says, Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. He's saying, hey, listen, if people could say, you know, it's all about what you do in the flesh, he's like, well, I would be able to say that more so. Why? Because I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteous, uh, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him having my own having not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith. Verse 10, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. That if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained or that I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And now, I want to encourage you, if you're listening to this, go and read Philippians chapter 3. Go and read the whole chapter, and let it really speak to you, because here, the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, if it was based on your fleshly credentials, he said, I could boast more than any person here. However, having those credentials mean nothing in Christ Jesus. Nothing. And uh, and no doubt, somebody's sitting here going, Well, you know, his past stuff gave him good insights on how he was able to preach forward. I'm telling you, he had to count that as as a loss, and he had to step into something that was new because he was very successful in that old way of living, that old way of life, and he would even say, even persecuting the church to that degree, and you might sit there and say, yeah, but that was bad. No, not for the system he was in. In the system he was in, they saw believers as blasphemers and heretics, and he went after them persecuting the church and it even says here in verse 6 you know that the righteousness which is in the law he was blameless and he's counted these all things as lost to what to know him to know him to know christ that i may know him and the power of his resurrection that is what it says there in verse 10 and i want to encourage you today if you're listening to this absolutely you're your, your priority and your desire should be to know him more, to know him deeper, to engage in that personal relationship with him, and not to settle for an educational system or model that says, yeah, I've read that, brother. I checked the box. I'm moving on. This is not the educational system. This is Christian learning and discipleship, and it comes with transformation. It is not informational. It is transformational. And this is important for us to grab a hold on as we move forward, because, listen, you can be sitting in that chair, you can be a part of that church, you can be a part of that fellowship, but at the end of your life, you will stand before Jesus and give an account for your life, and to the degree that you have matured and you have attained, you should walk in that, walk in that transformation, and I want to encourage you today to seek His face, get into the Word, and apply that transformation to your life. Amen. Amen. I love all of you. Go out there. Have a phenomenal day. Thank you so much for joining in today's episode. If you would like to learn more about Caleb Perkins Ministries, please go to www.calebperkinsministries.com.